Hello, everybody, and welcome to Max Sports. Today, I kind of want to talk about what the NFL draft may look like in just a couple months. Football is over. Yes, we know that. But if there's one thing that is close to being as popular as football in America, it's football offseason at this point. Don't believe me? It's still the most searched topic. It's still the thing that gets the most clicks when it comes to the sports realm. We recently just had the NBA All-Star break. We're close to having the NHL All-Star break. And baseball is right around the corner. Yet, more people care about the NFL draft than any of it. So, with that, I look to break down what some of the teams may be doing as we get close to draft day. I have the list of all of the teams. I kind of want to share what the outlook might be. Am I saying I'm a Mel Kuyper expert? No. Am I saying that you need to subscribe to ESPN Plus to see Mel Kuyper's recent mock draft? No. You might as well just light that money on fire. I figured out last year that we do not need mock draft experts in this world anymore. And while we might want to think, ooh, what could be the case, I'm not going to tell you what should happen because I do not know that. I'm going to break down what I know about teams and then try and predict what it could be from a very unbiased and hopefully educated mentality. Let's get our episode started. All right, I want to break down the start of the draft. Today we are talking about the teams that don't get talked about in January and February. The ones that were battling for the tank bowl. The ones that were in my power tankings all throughout the regular season. They get to be the stars today and we get to talk about them the most. To start things off, we have three teams that all look like they might be on the move for a quarterback, but we start with Chicago. The Chicago Bears, after having the number one overall pick last year and trading out of it to get a stash and an absolute haul of picks, ended up getting the number one overall pick in this year's draft from Carolina for trading out and letting them take Bryce Young. This has allowed the the Chicago Bears to stack two top 10 picks in a draft class where you think you can add two top 10 picks like that, you might be a playoff team next year. You get an opportunity to potentially pick a generational quarterback prospect if that's the direction they want to go. Or again, they can just roll the wheel again and do what they did last year and trade out and get a bigger haul, even bigger than last year most likely. So when it comes to Chicago, the big question, and I think it'll be debated up until the night of the draft unless something happens before it, is what is going to happen with Justin Fields in Chicago? He's been there for about two years as the starter. He's shown highs. He's shown lows. But again, he's really only been a starter in this league for two seasons now. Or three seasons now. My apologies. Three seasons in this league. And he's just, you know, shown times where he could be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. And he's also shown moments where people question why he's in the league. Now, I think he improved a lot more throughout this regular season. And despite them losing games... There were times where I really didn't feel like it was Justin Fields' fault. It was more of just the overall talent on the team. You would think, man, adding two of the ten best players from this up-and-coming draft class, that could that could really change the outlook of the team. Maybe add some more offensive line help for Justin Fields. Maybe add another weapon. 
have DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison Jr. and still get maybe Joe All to tackle from Notre Dame, that that makes the offense really scary looking. Or do they go the route of moving on from Justin Fields? By moving on from him, Chicago would be resetting the quarterback cycle. And what do I mean by that? It means the contracts would reset. Very rarely do you see a situation where a quarterback is getting paid gazillions of dollars and they're still able to fund a team around them to get them to the postseason. I said very rarely. We see it every once in a while. But look at some of the teams that were able to make it to Super Bowls in recent years. We think of teams that had young rookie quarterbacks. Jalen Hurts on a rookie quarterback deal. Joe Burrow on a rookie quarterback deal. Russell Wilson, when he went to two Super Bowls, was on a rookie quarterback deal. So a lot of people have seen this formula work and they think, man, if we have a rookie quarterback, that's all we really need and we can use the rest of the money instead of spending it on one player and spend it on five, six, seven players and get to the playoffs. The formula actually almost worked once upon a time when they drafted Mitch Trubisky second overall. He wasn't a great quarterback by any means, but you know what? He was good enough to win the division for the Chicago Bears because he was being paid so little compared to elite quarterbacks in the league. He was able to play good enough, and then they were able to bring in big names like Khalil Mack in the offseason to really bolster and build a Chicago Bears team that won the division title. Last time that happened, by the way. So we kind of are on this teeter-totter of what should they do. Do they give up on the player in Justin Fields, a guy that got them more wins than they did last year, almost had a 500 record, really showed growth later in the year, could have maybe been a playoff team if he didn't get injured. Remember Tyson Bagent played some of the games last season. Could they be something more without or, or with Justin Fields, all they need to add some pieces, or is it time to move on from the Justin Fields experiment? That's something I honestly can't answer with full confidence knowing it is the right decision. I'm not going to BS you guys. I'm not going to pretend to be an insider, and I'm promising you right now the people that are on TV saying that they need to move on from Fields or keep him don't know either. I'm not going to I'm not going to bullshit you. So, when it comes to the situation, all I can tell you is that this decision will impact the future of the Chicago Bears completely differently whether they keep Justin Fields a guy who's going to need a rookie extension after this year or decide to take the generational talent in Caleb Williams the young up-and-comer the Bears have plenty of options and that's the thing that we really need to look at moving forward up next at picks two and three we have two teams that look like their quarterback needy they don't have as much flexibility and as much of a choice as chicago and that's why i honestly think that chicago's in one of the best positions washington and new england if they're going to get a quarterback they are going to be picking from whatever's handed down from the previous spot new england's going to have to pick the third best quarterback if they want one washington is not going to get their prized quarterback that they want if they are going their guy might have been picked already so maybe these are one of those teams that moves up. I could especially see New England if, let's say, Washington doesn't want Caleb Williams. See, they know he'll be picked first overall. But New England really wants Caleb Williams or, like, Drake May, who might go second overall. They might trade up to the number one overall pick because, well, Chicago might want to keep Justin Fields for the price. And New England will be able to hand them a number three overall pick where 
they could take any positional player they want at a pretty respectable spot there and continue to build with fields. So I could see New England being a team that maybe moves up to get the pick or the quarterback they want. But at the end of the day, both of these teams are QB needy. Now, some people might ask, is New England drafting a quarterback this year, does that make it very similar to what they did with Mac Jones? And unfortunately, when you're drafting this high, if you're a Washington or New England, the only situation you can do is bring in a rookie quarterback into a bad situation. It's not ideal. Sometimes it can end up hurting the player. But if they're going to bring in a guy, it's not going to be into an ideal situation. I like to see either either of these teams maybe sign a veteran guy like Andy Dalton, a, a player similar on that talent level, who can maybe start the first third of the season until one of these guys maybe that they draft is ready I fully believe in quarterback development. If you don't, look at the Green Bay Packers. They've had three quarterbacks in damn near 35 years. It's because they develop the up-and-comer. They develop the successor, and then they put them out to the Wolves. Jordan Love already knows what an NFC Championship game looks like before he even got to be the starter in the, for the Packers. I think that that experience builds more confidence, builds more comfortability when it comes to being able to feel good in the moment. Again, the more pressure's on you, the the more likelihood of you making a mistake. So I fully believe in developing a guy and maybe a situation like Washington or New England could use a bridge quarterback to mentor and kind of help develop the next uh, future generational prospect for them. Then let's look at some teams like Arizona and LA. The Arizona Cardinals came in. It kind of felt like they were going to be the number one overall pick team in in the NFL. Uh, Kyler Murray had come off of a torn ACL and he had yet to play throughout the first half of the season. And I think myself included, a lot of people thought that uh, the Cardinals were going to be really bad and talent wise, they might be the worst team in the NFL, but you know what, when it comes to fight, when it comes to physicality, when it comes to um, execution, they were not. They stuck around with a lot of teams a lot longer than they might have felt comfortable admitting. And I think the Cardinals showed a lot of fight. And I honestly think if they can get a resurgent Kyler Murray next year, maybe add a tackle, maybe add a receiver, again, a Marvin Harrison Jr. or a Malik Neighbors, one of those elite receivers in this class, I could see Arizona pushing right back and trying to fight for a wild card spot just one, one season off from having their bad season this year. As for the Chargers, I can see a couple things when it comes to players that I like to fit with the Chargers here. We got Brock Bowers, a tight end from Georgia, one of the best tight ends in all of football last year uh, throughout the nation in uh, college. Brock Bowers fits perfectly into what Jim Harbaugh likes. He loves tight ends. Vernon Davis was a great tight end in, in San Francisco when Harbaugh was there. I love the thought of Brock Bowers going to the Chargers. If not, I could maybe see some offensive line uh, upgrade to help protect Justin Herbert and get the run game going. Harbaugh knows how to build lines on the offensive and defensive line. I think he likes using tight ends. He's, he's a very pro-style guy. And so I think that this mix, you'll kind of see his vision in the players that want to, are going to end up being drafted by the Chargers. They have receivers. They have the quarterback. I think they need to solidify the lines, especially maybe get a top-tier tackle if possible. 
or or maybe someone like Brock Bowers, I think would be a great fit in LA. When it comes to the Giants, they're a team that kind of we just don't know the direction of. Is Daniel Jones the guy? We don't really know that. Is Daniel Jones the guy in the eyes of the Giants? We don't really know that. And while I think that they're probably going to commit to Daniel Jones for one more season, unfortunately, the miracle run by Tommy DeVito played themselves out of a quarterback. The top three guys are going to be taken probably within the first five picks. And if you're the Giants, do you really want to settle for the fourth best quarterback? Or, you know, if quarterbacks are being picked ahead of you, the second or third best overall positional prospect, you could get, again, an elite receiver. Maybe that's what Daniel Jones needs. Or maybe you get an offensive lineman to protect Jones. He gets sacked a lot. So we don't really know what the Giants look like. I think they're going to play it pretty safe in this draft, not really go quarterback, because I think Brian Dayball is coaching for his job next year. I think they play it safe, try and find pieces to reinforce the core they already have, and push one more all-in run to try and get the Giants back to the postseason in order to uh, really keep some jobs on the table, like Daniel Jones and Brian Dayball. We have teams like the Titans and Atlanta coming up next at 7-8. and eight. Tennessee's a weird one. They're a team that I really like to, to be able to build around. They have a good core. They have experienced veterans in DeAndre Hopkins and Jeffrey Simmons, but they also have a young quarterback to develop in Will Levis. I think it'll be interesting to see what Tennessee does with a pick like this because they'll have a great opportunity to reinforce their team. What do they do? Do they find a replacement for Derrick Henry? Do they find another weapon with aging DeAndre Hopkins on the roster? Do they find offensive line help? There are a lot of questions that they can go there. All I will say is I don't see them necessarily looking for a quarterback. So maybe if one of those names that we talked about earlier starts falling, they could be a trade partner. The Atlanta Falcons are a team that I think should draft a quarterback. It's been so long since they've done it. Um, I mean a meaningful quarterback, not Desmond Ritter. Someone someone hesitated there. I meant a first-round quarterback, not Desmond Ritter. Atlanta needs a new feel, a new look, a new era, and I think the best way of doing it would be getting a young rookie in the first round, someone like J.J. McCarthy or Jaden Daniels. I think that would be a great fit in Atlanta because I think they need a new culture change. You need a whole new guy. Uh, I don't think bringing up a washed-in name, a guy who's a has-been like Russell Wilson, is going to move the needle enough to make Atlanta fans happy. Yes, Russell Wilson won Super Bowls back in 2012. He won the 2012 or 2013 Super Bowl. That was over a decade ago. And if there's one thing, time moves fast, but especially in the NFL, it moves even faster. I don't think Russell Wilson moves the needle enough for Atlanta, especially with how much talent they have. They could get a rookie quarterback to the playoffs, especially with how bad their division is. So I think that a quarterback should be in play for Atlanta. I don't know if they'll be able to get it. And unfortunately, I'm worried that they're going to settle for something in free agency. Um, I think Kirk Cousins could be an option. I would like to see him stay in Minnesota, to be honest. Um, I'm not really worried about uh, Russell Wilson going to Atlanta. I've heard Steelers rumors. Honestly, I prefer the Steelers over um, him going back to the, the, the NFC in Atlanta. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. 
It might be the first time in a while, though, we could see the Atlanta go defense if they can't get a QB in the draft. It'd be the first time in three years. Remember, they drafted Bajan Robinson and Kyle Pitts and Drake London and all of these weapons. Well, the weapons are there. They need to maybe add a little bit on the defense and then find themselves a quarterback. They'll be good. I think they'll be a pretty solid team next year. Other teams that I wanted to highlight throughout this draft. Um, some of the teams near the fringe. Uh, I don't really want to talk about any of the playoff teams. At that point, we're not really talking about teams that need to build for more. They just kind of need to retool or reassess themselves. Other teams that I'm excited to see what they could do, maybe the Raiders at 13. Remember, they don't really have a quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo proved he was not the guy. Aiden O'Connell is probably more of a solid backup in this league than a starter. What is Vegas going to do for a quarterback? What is Denver going to do for a quarterback? Um, does Minnesota try and copy Green Bay and do a draft and stash? There are a lot of teams that would want a quarterback this year, but how many of them are really going to be able to get them? Uh, as for the Jets, they come in at pick number 10. The biggest thing that the Jets could do, one, they're lucky they even have this first-round pick. Because Aaron Rodgers got hurt, they didn't have to give up a future first to the to the uh, Green Bay Packers. I think they either gave up a second or a second rounder or a third rounder instead. So that's a miracle on its own. Uh, the Jets, I think the biggest thing that they need to do is address the offensive line. You have a solid running back in Brees Young, or Brees Young, sorry, Brees Hall. I was thinking Bryce Young. And uh, you got to keep Aaron Rodgers upright. He's fairly mobile for his age. He's not a statue back there like Brady, but my goodness, like he, he could not get two seconds without pressure in his face against a Bills team that was fairly mediocre on defense the majority of the season. So, uh, again, protect Rodgers at all costs. He is your only chance to make the playoffs. That was your investment last year. Make it. Don't pick the sexy pick. Don't go receiver. Get a damn tackle to protect Rodgers. Um, the final thing I really want to talk about that could be interesting um, when it comes to another quarterback landing spot potentially is Seattle. They're a team that has Geno Smith on a fairly solid contract. I think he'll probably be the starter next year, but what is next after Geno Smith? People forget he's in his mid-30s now. He had a great resurgence the last couple-ish years, um, especially starting in Seattle. I mean, he's really turned his career around. He went from a bust to a career backup to a starter the last two seasons. Will he be able to keep his job? Do they consider moving on from him? I could see him being a great mentor to, again, maybe J.J. McCarthy. For people that need a little bit of a link there, McCarthy actually uh, – knows their head coach, Mike uh, McDonald, pretty well. He was at Michigan while J.J. was as well. So seeing that, that could maybe be a combined as well. I think Seattle's looking for a new identity now that Pete Carroll is gone. So definitely look at them as well. So that was our mock draft talk. Again, I'm not going to be doing mock. I might do a mock draft for entertainment, but I am never going to sell it to you like I am an insider. The biggest crime that has happened over the last probably half decade to decade now when it comes to sports is that sports analysis has turned into sports entertainment. And selling something for entertainment value uh, without really analyzing it 
It's just made a lot of stupid uh, sports fans, unfortunately, especially when it comes to football. When an analyst's description of a game was, that guy's a bum, that, that's not really a great job of breaking down a game. I understand it might get clicks, but unfortunately, I just don't find entertainment in it. It just feels like sports brain rot. I'm trying to give you more content than just a, a male soap opera. I want to try and inform and entertain at the same time. So I'm trying to make these for you. I don't think that mock drafts are due yet. I want to wait and see what the Bears do, whether that is draft night when they decide to ship that pick or not. That will be seen then. So thank you all for listening, and thank you all who've been supporting this uh, show a lot. Uh, I hope you see it in the content that we've been making. We've been trying to make some better stuff as we've been uh, starting off 2024. I really liked the episode we made for Monday, and um, I can't wait to make another one for you on Friday. We're going to be talking about college football on Friday. Why college? Well, there's a little bit of news for some people that do not know. The NCAA football game is coming back to uh, well, back to us. The video game itself will be coming back. I wanted to talk about the changes that have happened in the sport since it's been gone. On top of it, we've heard news about the college football playoff potentially expanding again before we even see its current format. Told you, once it expands, it's not going to stop. So we'll talk about that on Friday. Thank you, everyone, for listening. My name is Max. This has been Max Sports, and I will see you all later. Goodbye. 